Hello, how is everybody doing? Um, today on Technically F1, we have a great show. Uh, my name is Jack, and with me today in our podcast recording studio is... Rishab, yay. Yeah, exactly. Now, it turned out that we got a lot of listeners by posting that podcast on Schoology. So you can bet that we're going to be posting this podcast on Schoology again and seeing how many listeners we can get. Um, I don't know. Let's shoot for 30. That'd be insanity. That's sad. It's dope. Yeah, it is a bit sad. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe that statement will age well and we'll end up getting like 100 million listeners. That'd be great. That'd be great. Imagine becoming the next Shmi. Yeah, exactly. How many listeners does Joe Rogan have on his podcast? I wonder. Who's Joe Rogan? The podcast guy. Okay, yeah, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so today uh, on the show, we have a crazy race at Imola. Um, if you didn't see it or watch the highlights, I recommend you do before we talk about it in depth. Uh, it may not make sense at all. Sorry. Um, within that race, we need to talk about the Pirelli tire failure and the fact that Pirelli just at this point shouldn't be in the sport. And Daniel um, Yes, yes. Ricardo had a podium. This is exciting. This is great. Uh, anyways, we also must talk about Kimi. Kimi Raikkonen uh, took his car from 18th place to 9th place uh, in the points in, in the case. slowest car on the grid. He went I thought it was nine places at one point. Uh, at one point, he was yeah. six right behind Verstappen. Yeah, yeah. That was insanity. So crazy. Um, driver market. Lewis Hamilton may be leaving F1. We don't know. Uh, part two of the trophy situation. So we've had another trophy uh, awarded this weekend. And it's, it's, it, it's interesting. We have to talk about it. Turkish Grand Prix. We definitely need to talk about that. And... Uh, some of the fastest F1 cars and what we decided uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about that. Just some more stuff to talk about on that end as cars set different lap records around different tracks. Okay, well, Anyways, we have to discuss in the oh, near future yes. is Bottas and his career future. Why don't we talk about that today? That sounds good. Yes. Also, Bottas 4.0 with the little mustache. That didn't work, did it, Bottas? Uh, and uh, we have to talk about the $30 million driver uh, salary cap. Yeah. Also, unless I'm very much mistaken, I believe the best tweet this week was probably... I don't know. I think it was Mercedes's tweet about the damage that Bottas had to his car. I read it. It was so funny. It was like, uh, we believe this belongs to you at Scuderia Ferrari. It's quite good. A bit of broken Ferrari inside of Bottas's car. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the show. So, the race at Imola, I, I think it was great as a race goes, and horrible for the actual on-track racing. What do you think? Uh, it was definitely interesting, with Daniel Ricciardo coming in uh, at, like, third place, and Daniel Kvyat at, or Daniel Kvyat at fourth place. Yeah. At one point, Gasly was in fourth place looking for a podium. And that was going to be insane. At that point, I was screaming into my screen saying, you know what, Albon's out of F1, Albon's out of F1. Uh, then Gasly had an engine failure. <laughs> and that happened. Then Max, too. Yeah. What I find funny is that nobody had trouble in qualifying, but then there was all these car failures at the race. I mean, did nobody notice this? 
Alex I mean, Gasly, Ocon. Oh, I think he's out of F1. I mean, I think the first one who should be out is Latifi, then Giovinazzi, then um, Albin. I think that Alfa Romeo has put the trust or part of their trust in the wrong person in Antonio Giovinazzi. I do agree with that. I think uh, Raikkonen, he's one of the best. He would have been. He used to be one of the best drivers, but now he should just become like a race engineer or something like that. I mean, I was listening to or another podcast. I can't say the name of the podcast. Copyright reasons, presumably. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I am. Anyways, they re- it reminded me that Kimi, in theory, should have won three championships, not one. In 2003 and 2005, he was robbed by um, uh, McLaren reliability, <laughs> which is a bit of a theme. I mean, um, now they're not so they reliable. Won Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. In all of the support that George Russell had, I was beaming when I saw that everybody was supporting George Russell after his crash. Well, George Russell, he's going to be the next Bottas. Bottas is also a F2 champion. And then, yeah, that didn't turn out so but well. I see it in a way that if, I think he's going to replace Bottas, but, then well, more on this later, but Hamilton. Lewis could be out. Hamilton, yeah, I think he uh, could beat Lewis in one of his last years. I mean, I think he's also losing a ton of money this year. Um, so that's interesting. Who, Lewis? Yeah, Lewis. Or he will lose money next year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 because his contract. I heard about that. And because of F- the FIA. Yeah, so can you explain that to all of the listeners, Rashad, what's going on with that? Uh, yes. The most they can be paid, uh, there's a new regulation that kind of caps their salary off at $30 million, the normal person would be like, wow, that's a lot of money. But Hamilton currently makes double that after his winning. Yeah, exactly. Um, after a championship winning season, I'll make $60 million. And, uh, and that's Vettel inside of F1. I know. Vettel's the one who's really going to get stiffed after this. He was being paid a premium by Ferrari. Oh, that's unbelievable. Oh, and also, I mean, um, I feel bad for them, but I don't. He should be, and I think Red Bull should be paid less, like half of what he gets paid. I think Red Bull are going to have to start paying, or they're going to need to do something with Verstappen's contract, which essentially means they pay him more. Okay, I don't know. I don't think they're paying him enough. And Bottas needs to be paid more. He's being paid eight million dollars, while his teammates being paid like sixty. Right, but he can't win a championship. I mean, if Lewis wins next race, he wins the championship. Okay, but he's still like better than like a lot of the drivers. Absolutely, and the fact that he can get close to Lewis and out qualify him on a good day is great for Bottas. But if you ask me, George Russell would be able to do more, and that's he should be in that seat. Yes, we need George Russell here. We should bring George Russell in and ask him what he thinks he could do in that position. More to come in the yeah. future. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing is, or I, Jesus, I think the thing is, uh, everybody forgets Bottas was quite young when Mercedes pulled him in in 2017, and now that he's older, fine, people sort of forget that he was a, not George Russell's age, but he was close to it when he went to Mercedes. Um, so I think it's it's not a question of age at this point. It's more of a question of 
who is a more skilled driver. And if you ask me, it's certainly George Russell. Yeah. He was on for points yesterday, and he should have had points. Ah, Bottas. He's, like, he's Bottas. Like, Russell, George Russell, he hasn't, like, he's no Kimi Raikkonen. No, he isn't Kimi. He can't drag that car to points like Kimi can. Yeah. Um, and definitely uh, one promising driver. I mean, he's already been promising for a while, but one driver that should be in the Red Bull seat is Sergio Perez. He's really yep. good currently. He's getting points in a racing point car. I mean, I think what's really worrying, though, is he doesn't care that he's burning all bridges with Racing Point, though. I mean, he's really vocal about strategy over team radio. It's broadcasted. Everybody hears it. It's it's going to be quite ugly, almost as ugly as Vettel, the divorce of Perez and Racing Point. Okay, but uh, Racing Point's never going to bring him back unless, like, unless no, no. dies in some sort of horrible way uh he's gone not that we're hoping for that um no no you can't wish death on anybody in this sport but it's um how would he do that he just falls off his dad's chandelier what happens the chandelier falls on him oh that'll do it yeah yeah i know or maybe if he wasn't tight with their mobile i know that's nicer than my yeah it's great yeah, it's crazy. Um, oh, speaking of, guess who's still following Lewis around wherever he's going? Roscoe. His doge, yeah. Um, Roscoe, his, what is it, bulldog? I think, yeah, he's an English bulldog. Yeah, he's following him around everywhere, and he's, um, Lewis's agent? I don't know what that Ronald lady does, but it's, um... For coming a week off, and Roscoe's Yeah, exactly, and Roscoe is... That's funny. I did laugh at that post. It's really funny. Um, it's it's really interesting the whole situation that they're going through right now. They have to bring uh, things with them weeks in advance. So, what is Lewis going to bring for his seventh championship? What do you think he's going to do for that? What sort of a party? I mean, obviously he's going to force feed Roscoe champagne, but <laughs> force feed a dog. A dog is <laughs> not a good idea. I don't know about your dog, but my dog, he'll eat anything and everything. He ate a rock once. Oh my god. Why? I think he was trying to appetizing, I guess. And then he just picked up a rock instead. Oh. Um, anyways, Alex Albon, do we think he's out of F1? Uh, no doubt. But he's probably also leaving with Giovinazzi. Yeah, the weird thing about Gio, though, is he's had his seat confirmed by Alpha. Yeah, but still, they just need to cut all ties with him. He's a good driver, but he's just not working out with them. Probably could, like, do racing point. Yeah, the car is hard to drive. He can use that excuse all he wants. And who knows, maybe he has a similar driving style to Sebastian Vettel, and if so... Uh, that is horrible what he has to go through then because Vettel breaks really late and needs a very, 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 very um, uh, high downforce car, especially at the rear of the car, which is something that Red Bull haven't been able to deliver this year. 
and maybe they could do that last year. I don't know, but it's it's really weird. And like Grosjean, as much as like as much of a problem as we give him, like he's not that bad. Of, I mean, he's like horrible. You know, it's not that bad. But he has podiums. Yes, he does. Get, he in his Lotus seasons. Yeah. Um, Those were the best years of his career. And Raikkonen, when he was also well, Raikkonen at Lotus was just like really good. He's OP. Yeah, and I mean, as much as people say that car was a really good car, it it was okay. Yeah, it was maybe fourth fastest. Point. Yeah. I mean, Kimmy literally bankrupts Lotus. Yeah. With his contract situation there, also. I think I want to say, I mean, although Grosjean is great, it's, I, I mean, I, I, he's not really all that great, but anyways, Kimmy was winning, right, in those seasons where Grosjean could get podiums, and it's great that he was having podiums, but Kimmy won races. Yeah, and it's- And I think that's what some people forget. In the third fastest car, he was winning in that era where it was very difficult to win if you were not in the top two fastest cars. People do forget that. And Raikkonen, on top of that, he's like- also, one of the, he's also one of the only people who's gone back to Ferrari after leaving them. Well, it proved how much Ferrari wanted him. Yeah, Ferrari. They knew value. his value. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that I wish Mercedes had seen, and they could have just kicked Nico Rosberg. He's a great driver, but he's not Kimmy. Yeah, Nico Rosberg. <sighs> I mean, he's a good driver. He's an amazing driver. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know who the best driver is. Alright, now let's hear. I know who, I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear it. No, okay, alright. I thought you were going to say Michael Schumacher, but that, no, that. no. Max Verstappen is not even in my top three. He's great, but, Actually, you know. he's, like, good in the top three, along with, um, probably Sergio Perez. He's great for the car he's in. Yeah, but Hulkenberg is gonna get the um the Aston Martin Red Bull or no, not the Aston Martin Red Bull seat, the Red Bull seat actually. They're not called Aston Martin Red Bull anymore. I think he's definitely gonna get it. There's Paris is great, but you know it's still be a PR risk, and I don't think they're ready to take that risk. But Sergio, like, uh, he's definitely a better driver. Like, there's no way that he's not gonna get the seat because of his driving. He's also a Ferrari Drivers Academy person. I thought he got cut out of that after he went to Racing Point. Mm. It doesn't matter. He still got yeah. in. You have a point. He was good enough to get into that academy. Stroll was also in Ferrari Drivers Academy. Alright, that says something about the talent that they're putting in that academy. If Lance Stroll was in there. Yeah, it's, mm. I feel like the most, I don't know. The two most promising drivers for the future are George Russell and Lando Norris. Absolutely, and those two were one and two in the 2018 Formula Two Championship. I think that says something about Formula Two. It's pretty serious. I feel Lando did uh, better at F1 than F2, whereas George Russell did yeah. not do so well with the F1 and F2. I think in comparison to what he did in F2, uh, what he's doing in F1 right now doesn't seem all that great. But the fact is, 
let's just use the, these last two races as an example. He pulled his car, the third, or no, the second slowest car on the grid. Uh, no, no, third slowest car on the grid. Into Q2 for the last three races on tracks where he theoretically should not be able to do that because they're considered high downforce. And the reason why that car is slow is because it has not very much downforce. I think that says something more than the statistics do. I don't know. He was on for points. Austrian Grand Prix. He was certainly on for points. No one finished. Yeah, I mean, it felt like 1950 all over again in terms of how many people finished. That race. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, But, you know, speaking of people who aren't finishing races, really bad segue, but I do want to mention it. Max Verstappen didn't finish yesterday's race. He doesn't normally finish And Let's be fair, he's only a good No, no, he has some trouble finishing races these days. But anyways... Um, and if you, if you haven't seen the instant replay, I really recommend you watch it. Um, it could have been what the situation that did happen, I'll explain it in a second, could have been incredibly dangerous. And if it happened in a different part of the track, probably could have hospitalized him. It didn't, but it could have. Um, anyways, so he had a puncture, his rear, I don't know which one of his rear tires. Yeah, it exploded completely on the main straightaway, and if it was a little bit later, maybe partway through the braking zone, uh, it would have flung him into a wall. Luckily, it happened a little bit earlier, before the braking zone, I think at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, um, the lucky thing about that is the gravel trap did stop him, so that was nice. But if it hit the wall that hard, that would have been a disaster. Max Verstappen out of the race in the hospital because of a Pirelli tire. And it seems like ranting, sort of like the trophy situation did, until you dig deeper. Uh, Because this season, I have a list here of all of the cars that had to not finish a race because of the tires. Get ready for this. Two of the car failures at the Austrian Grand Prix, Kvyat and Magnussen, were both because of tire problems. Uh, Magnuson's tire was working in a way that it essentially broke his rear brakes, so it spun him around, they locked, and he hit the wall. Kvyat's, um, can't remember exactly what his car failure was, but the tires contributed to it. Yikes. Um, three explosions of the tires at the British Grand Prix, which, if we all remember that, Lewis won on three tires. The memes were that he can win on three tires, he can win anywhere. Uh, anyways, though... I mean, at this point, you're racking up a, a pretty awful list, Rashad. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, I think they need to go to the Tesla store and see all the tires before they choose a company. Right, exactly. It's as if they just picked a random company who took their fancy, and they're like, ooh, we'll use this Italian-sounding company, Pirelli, and they'll make great tires because they're Italian, and Italians are good at motorsport. It, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked at all. Every single year, there has, with Pirelli, there has been a tire failure. And every single year with that, there's been a tire failure. The tire failure has been notable. It's not just like, oh, it's to a lower driver. No, it's, it's been serious every single time. Yeah, I'm going to share an unpopular um, but... opinion. Germany oh, yes, yes. Unpopular opinion. For, for motorsports. Oh, without yes, a doubt. But... <laughs> I mean... 
Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be definitely unpopular with the listeners of the show, but the fact is, German cars are precise, they're all about precision, and they will always be able to get you through a lap without braking. Italian cars, you can never fix guarantee again, that's going to happen. Thank you. Yeah, Fiat, fix it again, Tony. Anyways, <laughs> um, that would be all fine and well, and it would just be a bad year for Pirelli, uh, if there weren't actually more tire failures. Uh, Lance Stroll had a massive tire failure at Mugello, which put him not only out of the race, but also in the hospital because his car hit the wall and caught on fire, which is a massive disaster. And Landon Norris got a slow puncture, um, which, wait a minute, what does it say here? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Landon Norris had a slow puncture, which was at last weekend's Portuguese Grand Prix, um, and it doesn't sound that bad, but he had to take an extra pit stop. And he could have been in the points, you know. A lot of crazy stuff happened near the end of the race. And although the crash with um, Lance Stroll at that race was bad for him, he could have been in the points if that slow puncture hadn't happened. And finally, of course, just this weekend, we've had the tire failure for Max Verstappen. So that well, is not only that, failures, but one set of tires is like $2,700. Yeah, it's so expensive. And uh, an engine is $10.5 million. Right, exactly. You imagine that the tire failures put strain on the engine, so you break parts of the engine, you have to fix it. That's really expensive. It's bad for the teams. It's the front wing is 150. Personally, <laughs> yeah. I think it's time for Pirelli to be gone. I think they need to be removed from F1. Kicking and screaming, that'll be what's happening. Um, but they need to be removed, I think. I think what do you think? I think have a standard car and just have drivers. Really? It would make it so much more fun. It wouldn't be just Hamilton wins again. Hamilton wins, like, uh, 200 yeah, but... races. Who designs it? I don't know. Adrian Newey. Alright, that sounds good. Um... <sighs> Final thing on Pirelli is that I just want to say, I have a nomination, I think, for who I think, or I guess maybe you might think this as well, um, who we think should be the new tire suppliers for F1. If there even should be a standard tire supplier. Personally, I don't think there should be one. But if there did have to happen, I would like there to be two uh, so that the teams would have options. Bridgestone and Michelin. Rashad, what do you think? I think... I prefer Michelin, but that's just... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... The, the thing about having choice is that the teams can sort of develop their car on one tire and not the other tire. So if one lasts longer, but, you know, it's um, it's not as high performance as the other tire, well, you can build a car that doesn't favor tires as much, but it uses that other tire. Or if your car is great on tires, you can use the other tire... Um, but maybe it's not as fast in certain situations. It would give some real volatility to the racing, and as long as you said that the um, all Bridgestones had to be the same, and all Michelins had to be the same, but you could just have different compounds, I think that would be fine, A, and B, I would enjoy it. I think the racing would be un- more unpredictable, and it would be better than what they're trying to do now, which is sort of reverse grids and all that mumbo-jumbo. I what think do you think? What would be interesting, uh, an interesting part in an F1 car, though, 
would be a manual transmission, like a stick shift. That was the Yeah. I mean that takes uh, some skill. Have you ever seen like the nineties bike, uh what do they call it the uh the vasecting, I think. Uh, what? It was right in between <laughs> your legs. And so if you ever crashed, you would not make it out of that one. <laughs> That's too good. <laughs> Just repeat that for, so all the podcast listeners can hear that. It's like a 90s bike called like, the Vasecting thing that, uh, that had a manual transmission. And it was not... It was like a friend of, let's say, Gen Zers, because now there's less Gen Zers. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Anyways, yeah, manual transmissions. That'd be good. I mean, you'd have gearbox failures when people shift down from, you know, like. Six instead of six to fifth, they go six to first, and the gearbox blows up. But that'd be brilliant. That would take some actual skill. I mean, the cars right now are so reliable that if you even tossed a little bit of unreliability in there, I think it could also be really interesting. Yeah, you know what you gotta add? You gotta add like you have to make it made by either Fiat or Ford. Ford F one cars just not making it off yeah. the line, which is really funny. Alrighty, non-existent ad break has just wrapped up. We are back. Um, although we like to make this joke, you know, in many of our podcasts, how Rashab, how many listeners do we need before we get actual sponsors? I don't know. Let's look that up. Yeah, I mean, if we do, we, I, we're dead serious. We'll definitely get a sponsor for this show. Uh, it would be hilarious. Great. Oh, crap, my water bottle. Um, anyways, no, we would definitely do that, um, depending on how many listeners we got for this week's podcast. Um, we should put a goal, actually, on Schoology. What should be the goal? 90 people? Let's All right. Let's see how much it, how many people we need I don't think there's a minimum. Oh, really? I mean, there might be. I think it's mostly dependent on the company. Great. So now let's go and email some companies and get some sponsors. Uh, what's a, um, a sponsor that's, you know, generally plastered all over podcasts? There's NordVPN. You might, uh... There's... To possibly earn a decent sponsorship amount, you need, like, a thousand fifty to 2,000 listeners. Okay, so this is going to be the goal. Let's get everybody in prep to listen to a podcast or one of them, and we'll make it sponsored, and we will get money. Exciting people? Yes? No? There's only, like... I can hear a definite no. Yeah, that won't really work. But let's get the parents to listen to it as well. Uh, let's I mean, make money. Yes. It would <laughs> be so weird. Um, anyways, sponsor tangent over. We're definitely back now. Um, I think, Rashad, before we get back to F1, we should talk about the SSC Tuatara. Oh, that, that car, that fake one. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, which is probably at this point not many, um, SSC, although it, it's not clear whether they faked it or not, 
uh, last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, said on Top Gear that they had a speed record of 331 miles per hour in one direction, which, if it was real, was going to completely blow everything ever before out of the water. Um, there's been a lot of talk that it isn't real, and people have identified parts of the footage that don't look real, they've looked over the footage, and it's... And SSC said, kind of, they kind of tried yeah. to say that we'll try it again, and if we, we get the speed record again, we get it. If not, we know that you're not going to believe us, or something like that. Yeah, and it's it's really weird, because they didn't say anything at first, they just wanted to sort of pass it off as an internet controversy. Um, and I don't want to say that once Shmi hopped on it, you know, it's, um, it became a little bit more than that, but I think that's definitely what happened. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's clearly influential enough in the car world that he hops on anything and oh, no it doubt. becomes important. Yeah. Um, it, it's really interesting. We're not obviously big in the car world, but it's, um, it is important to talk about because it's, we wouldn't mind. I mean, if you don't. Well, yeah, that'd be great, Shmi. Anyway, um, send him an email or something, guys, for a shout-out. Alright, we'll do that later. Um, you know, if we're on Shmi's next video, that'd be great. Anyways, uh, no. But I think it's it's really, really, really too bad if they did fake it. And, you know, I know they've been saying that hey, the uh, the people who calculated the speed, well, they're wrong, and hey, the gearbox specifications, that's wrong, and the tire specification, that's wrong, but there's so much for it to all be wrong, I, I just think it's, there's something that's wrong there, and I don't know what it could be, other than the fact that it's probably fake. It's an American supercar, there's no way it'd be the land speed record. I mean, I think the really sad thing is we're now the joke of the car world. Yeah. Tell me we're not the joke of the car world now. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we weren't before. Like with Formula I mean, we had Haas. Right. We had Haas and Formula Ford. But now this happens, and it's it's not over, but it's it's too bad. I mean, we're pretty much done in the motorsports world. Like, that's why we have our own motorsports here, like IndyCar. I mean, yeah, that's why, right. Why are there no F1s in, or not F1s, why are there no Americans in F1? Because no Americans want to be an F1. Maybe. I mean, actually, people I don't do. Know. I, I kind of want to be. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No, no, yeah. It's just... But they all are like, could oh, be interesting. we're going to become IndyCar drivers or NASCAR drivers. Right. I mean, it's just a bit odd. Like, I mean... Speaking of hat... It's like oh, imaginary friends. You make them up when you need yeah. them. <laughs> That's too good. I really like that. Um, anyways, Haas. I heard some news uh, over last week about what their problems are. And these, for you who don't know, maybe some listeners don't know, Haas has really been struggling. 2018, they had a brilliant season. Uh, but 2019, it was unclear what the heck their problems were, except for the fact that their tires were overheating like crazy and they couldn't control it. Really? The tire temperatures were just- Right, everybody just said, oh, well, maybe their car doesn't climate well to Pirelli's, or maybe it has too much downforce, myself included. I said, oh, they've just designed a car that has too much downforce and too much drag, and it really hurts the car in straightaways. And they thought they could get away with it because they have the cheating Ferrari engine. Cheating well, Ferrari engine? <laughs> okay, no, Ferrari Roman Grosjean. Like... 
Yeah. I can't say it. I, I can. I, I just did. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the FIA is not even willing to say it. Yeah, no, they're not willing to it's say it. Sketchy. I mean, but then again. Well, I think the FIA is not willing to say it because they don't want to ruin their relationship with Ferrari. I mean, they've just signed the new Concord Agreement, which pretty much says Ferrari can't leave F1 ever. But if they've somehow found a loophole in that to break it, the FIA would not want them to have to use it. I think that's probably why they're covering it up quite nicely they're for Ferrari. sketchy. Them just covering yeah. for Ferrari. Yeah. But anyways, Haas. So I figured out, or not, not, I didn't figure it out. Grosjean figured it out and then told the world. Their suspension's overheating. So their suspension um, is, that is why you got one fired? height. <laughs> good one. Bad one, but a good one. Um, and no, anyways, the, uh, the suspension, what happens is at, when it's hot outside, the suspension is at one height, but then it lowers or raises itself at a different temperature. So they take it back into the garage after racing. It cools down and it goes to a different height, right? So they reset it up to the height that they want it to, but then it goes out on track again and it raises or lowers itself again and it just infinitely screws itself up. And of course, adjusting for the temperature that it's going to be racing at, I mean, it's mathematically a disaster trying to figure it out how it's going to work because, you know, you can set it up for a temperature that you think the car is going to race at, but then if it goes 10 degrees warmer in Celsius, then it's just going to raise or lower again. It sounds horrible, but I don't know how they can stop it. Do you have an idea? What they should do? I mean, aren't they already trying to... They're, like, trying their best to pull out, I think, pretty much from F1. I mean, I think somebody's going to try to buy the team, right? Yeah, I mean... I think they probably will. They'll accept the offer, no doubt. Oh, definitely, yeah. I know that um, Mick Schumacher is as good as confirmed for them right not now next because year, he though. couldn't get onto Alpha. He's not going next year. Uh, He's confirmed F2 next that's year. A... Really? Who said that? Uh, I forgot who, but um, apparently he something about uh, points again. Or... Oh. Oh, that's actually really interesting. Because say he wins the championship this year, but he doesn't win it next year. I mean, that's quite a blow. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, but anyways, go ahead. But, um... They haven't fully, um... Really, like... Yeah, I know. Committed? Yeah. Yeah. So, the driver market. Now to get onto the driver market, there's um, something we do have to mention about it. Lewis Hamilton has mentioned, it just sort of drops in casually in conversation, that he may not be with Mercedes next year. Now, personally, I don't think he'll be leaving Mercedes next year. But a lot of people say he will be. And now that there's two pieces of evidence, both him saying that he's leaving Mercedes possibly or he won't even be in f1 next year and that thing that he revealed on instagram where he he had the song that he created shop what do you think he's no doubt gonna leave at some point but i think the salary cut's gonna kind of help him move on it's gonna allow him to move on yeah 
if he couldn't find a reason before, he certainly has a reason now. I mean, he's not he's like not gonna get a better offer than that. Like, no, and he's certainly not poor. Yeah, he doesn't need the money really. He should just become like a racing point driver or whatever, like the Aston Martin driver. He should be number two. Yeah. Well, I heard that Toto Wolf isn't also confirmed at uh, Mercedes yet, which is a bit weird. Hmm. I mean, that's going to be totally sketchy, that team next year, with, if they don't have Lewis Hamilton or Toto Wolf. I mean, who's going to run it? There's no skill at leading the team outside of Toto Wolf. He's just brilliant. Who else do they have? Bono? I don't think so. Roscoe. Roscoe. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton's dog, do you think he's going to loan it to them after he's left the team? I don't know. Are you okay? For the movie, he's okay? Are you okay? You got all these stuff in your background. You good? What background? Oh my god, your background noise is off the charts. Oh, yeah. There's like a printer going off in the other room. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. um, So that's... We think when he's ready, do you think Mick will go to um Alpha then? Well, I think most likely Haas. Okay. Alpha Romeo has just confirmed that they're going to stick with Sauber for another four years. Which, I like that news. I'm really happy for them. And I think that Kimmy actually may move into a more managerial role if, he, um, if and when he leaves F1. Because I think he really likes Alpha Romeo right now. Good people there, you know. I mean, the engine's anything but that, but the team itself is great, it seems. I don't think uh, um has a chance of moving, but it's, like, unlikely. I mean, I know that Haas is trying to get... Oh, God. I can't remember his name. Uh, a pay driver in F2 right now who is close to the championship, is not going to be able to win it, but is close to the F2 championship. And if they secure that, they have a pay driver for maybe one year before they leave. But if they leave, who's going to buy their seat? Because that seat is has to be an F1. I don't know. Like, I mean... I'm going to run a theory by you here, and I said this theory early this summer before anything happened. I said that, this is around, around July-ish, that Haas, if they couldn't afford F1 for much longer, would sell to Toyota. That should happen, but it might not. If they don't, I can only see them selling to one other person, because Porsche's off the table for another three years, which is another disaster, but apparently that's what's happening with them. Uh, BMW. That would be nice. Uh, Sauber, a new Sauber. Yeah, but they can't really purchase Sauber because Alfa yeah. Romeo has their shares in that, and that stays Alfa Romeo Sauber for a whole bunch of years. Mm. Um, it's... I think BMW would love to be back in the sport. I think it was one of their bigger mistakes when they left it in the first place. Same with Toyota. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's it's pretty much it for the driver market. There's not too much left, is there? I think, okay, for Mick, he needs, uh, he needs to yes, finish, like, yes. sixth or something to be eligible. To, 
come into. But he's about to win the championship. Okay, so he might be coming. Yeah, okay. Actually, before we do that, or before we get off this topic, Gasly and Ocon. I think Ocon will be certainly out of Renault by the end of next season. Oh, do you think Gasly will be the man to replace him? Um, Gasly, Gasly can probably do better, let's be fair. He's not really, he wasn't yeah, he, doing well before. Now he's doing actually kind of well. Right, but he's Red Bull has already said that they will not bring him up to their senior the team unless there's an absolute disaster. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's exactly why. Um, but it's it's an issue for him because he can't really continue his career at Toro Rosso or Alpha Tori or whatever it's called for more than I think another two years. Before he just becomes Carlos Sainz. Because, uh, you know, Sainz was there from 2015 to 2017. And there was a point where he just had to leave Wait, to get more career Ferrari opportunities. Seat. I mean, that might not be big now, but when he got it, it was actually a good thing. When he got it, it was absolutely massive. Imagine if Gasly did something like that. And he could get to move up to a, a midfield team. And he proved himself there. And who knows, maybe he could get... Not to Ferrari, but maybe even back to the Red Bull senior team. He proves himself somewhere else. What do you I think? I don't think he should go back to the Red Bull senior team. I mean, if he embarrasses himself against Verstappen again, it just proves how good Verstappen is. He can pull an Alpha Tauri to a race win at Monza. I mean, it it begs the question, what could Verstappen do in that Alpha Tauri? Tauri, whatever it's called. Driver, like, that's like... Um... Gasly is definitely going to become a Ferrari driver at some point or the other. Really? I, mean, I was touting Fernando Alonso to get that Ferrari seat after, um, what's his signs left? Okay, but, uh, Fernando Alonso, I think this guy just keeps coming back. Like, Yeah, but think about it from his perspective. He has two-thirds of the triple crown, the, like, real triple crown, and it's... Both in the real world and in, like, virtual, there aren't that many people who have that. With an IndyCar? I think, from his perspective, yeah, all he needs is the IndyCar portion of it. He wins that, and he's golden. I mean, it's... He'll be... Not only... He doesn't even need to come back into F1 to be remembered in motorsport forever. But he's doing it anyways, and I think if this time at Renault goes well, he could go to Ferrari. I mean, he is also a Ferrari. He isn't he got a isn't he also an academy driver at some point? Yeah, at one point he was at Ferrari before, and he was in their academy. Then again, he wasn't a young driver when he did that, but still, he was within that sort of group. I mean, it's yeah. Actually, final driver I do want to mention. I mean, last weekend I would have said that. At this time, Kvyat out. He's out of F1. Yeah. I don't know anymore. Yeah, no. Kvyat. What if he stays at AlphaTauri? Like, he... I know. I was amazed by him this weekend. Definitely. I couldn't yeah, believe that he pulled that place, to fourth yeah. place. That is like... I mean, in AlphaTauri, it's amazing if you're fourth place. Never mind first. And he was gaining on Ricardo. He could have... If there was more laps, people were saying that he could have been on the podium. That would have been unbelievable. I would be a little sad for Ricardo. 
after this is like a second. Oh, it would have been traumatizing. <laughs> but it, it begs the question: What on earth is that Alpha Tori smoking? I mean, how is it so fast? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm serious. What is it? Probably have a tuning package from Red Bull. That could be it, but if I mean it's within that like sixth through third place range so much these days, I mean it's more there than Alex Albon is in that range. Alex it's unbelievable. Albon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I could see him going to Formula I E. I can see him. That's all I have to say about him. Porsche Formula E. Really? I actually could see him do that. But then again, I think that Porsche is going to be trying to pick up Nick Heidfeld soon for their Formula E program, so I don't know. Or, uh, what about, what's his name? I don't know. Vettel? Yeah, Vettel should do that, but why doesn't Alvin move to IndyCar? <laughs> turning left. Do you think he would like that? I mean, IndyCar is not all turning left, actually. I learned that recently. No, I know. There are street tracks. Like and there are racetracks that are more than just turning left. Yeah. And there's that... Is there a Long Beach race? I don't, I don't know. know. That might have been F1. Yeah, that's... That could happen. What do you think about Perez to IndyCar? I know Ron... Or not Ron, Dennis. Zach Brown has been really trying to get him on their IndyCar team. What okay, do you think? I think the next person who should go to IndyCar... It should be Carlos Sainz. Yes, agreed. I think he should just get out of F1. He has a great legacy at this point. And he's doing, he the, whole, has he's doing the whole two podiums. I mean, he won't be able to win the Monaco Grand Prix, so he won't be able to get into the range of the Triple Crown, but maybe he could win the other two-thirds of the Triple Crown. It'd be great for him. Or maybe he would be able to win the, uh, the off-road Triple Crown, which his dad won as well. Which is like the Dakar rally, the Paris to Dakar, and a couple of other things. But if he does win the, the, call it the race, what if he yeah. does get it, though? The Paris to Dakar? Or the Monaco? Maybe if he wins the Monaco Grand Prix, that's off. He should just quit F1 and go for the Triple Crown. I mean, which Spaniard can get it first? Alonso or um, Sainz? I That'd be crazy. get it first, but then... I agree. Sainz is kind of Alonso's, like, shadow. Oh, he will always be in his shadow, yeah. I'm not trying to insult Carlos or anything, it's just... He's a great driver. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That could be interesting if he did that. Um, but I think it is time to talk about the trophy situation. Okay, we're gonna do this again. Well, no, no, it's not a bad thing. I'm actually happy. I think the trophies that they brought out for Imola were absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm going to go pull up a picture of them on my phone right now, but let's see here. Yeah, they were great. They had incorporated a part of the track. Um, oh, I am a, not only impressed. Oh, uh, really? The let's see. Where, um, where Eric and Senna crashed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really sad, but really brilliant. The trophy itself, obviously not Senna. Wait a minute. 
Oh, whoa, wait, wait, wait. who is that? It's, I think it says winners. Oh, it does. Okay, so on the back of the trophy, it has all the winners of that race. And, of course, the Senna tribute, which is very sad. But it also... Here, let me just explain it to the listeners. Um, in golden writing, uh, presumably gold leaf, it says F170. Uh, with a gold outline of the track, and then an actual sticky-out metal bit, which is probably silver, with a red outline inside of the gold outline. It is mounted on a back, which is carbon fiber, and behind that is a glass case. And it is silver below that, which is sort of the base holding that up, with black wood. I know it's a lot to take in, but it is... I am thrilled. But you know what I love should it. add into it? This, oh, you know what they should add into that? What? Heineken trophy. Um, they should... No, no, they not the Heineken trophy. Uh, no! Run dot or whatever. The one that you press and then, uh, like, something gets delivered to your house. Just have, <laughs> just have it so yeah. put the top of the trophy off. And then it just yeah. opens up and you press a button. Yeah. Now, in comparison to what I thought it was going to be, which was a silver cup, gold writing, uh, silver leafing on the outside. No, 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 no. This is the ra- uh, this was the actual Amalek Trophy from 2006, the last time they ever raced there uh, before this race. With a completely gold inside mounted on a wooden base. I thought that's what it would be. I am okay with what they did for this race. However, I would like them to use that previous Amalek Trophy somewhere else because... It is an absolute beauty, and it is a trophy that I believe is so classic that you just stay in F1. What do you think, Chuck? Yes, I mean, it really doesn't matter the trophies, except for the Heineken one. The Heineken one is a little gross. Yeah. As long as... To bully Heineken more, it's... I mean, it's happened too much this season, their trophy. I'm glad they've put a different trophy here uh, for this race. Um, I just really hope that they don't put a Heineken trophy uh, at the Turkish Grand Prix, because it's a really great track. Uh, I'm going to go look up the trophy they used there. Rashab, uh, tell everybody what you think about uh, the Heineken trophy. Heineken trophy, I mean, it's bad. But it's not like... I mean, they should just put a medal. They should just give him a medal. Yeah. A medal? Because, I mean, with the Heineken trophy, okay. really? Yeah. I mean, it's a giant Heineken logo. It's it's okay, but it's not that great. Okay, here it is. So, it is a metal, or silver base, uh, with silver, I don't know what those are, rising out of it, uh, at intervals where it gets oh, taller and taller Brazilian and taller. Grand Prix one. Uh, Louis Oh, yeah, the old one for the Brazilian Grand Prix was great. And, okay, and last, it looks like last person to win this that was not a Ferrari driver was Lewis Hamilton in 2010, before it was won by Ferrari twice in a row. Okay. Yeah. Getting tired? (laughs) Because of Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) Yikes. Really? All the winning? It's just always happening. Actually, I've just seen another one. Sorry to interrupt, but I've just seen another trophy. Uh, the Malaysian Grand Prix trophy of what year is it's this? 2020. I don't know what year, but it's... I don't... <sighs> Thank you. 
Um, but no, I don't know what year that was of the Malaysian Grand Prix, but it was a pretty brilliant one. Um, anyways. Yeah. So I think that's most of the trophy situation. But if you do have an opinion on that, please write a comment. Are there comments on this? uh, Yeah, you can comment on Apple Podcasts, I think. So if you have an opinion, which everybody does, write something about the trophy situation on Apple Podcasts. We We do like hearing things. Yeah, we really would prefer if you didn't hate us. Um, We've said a lot of, like, unpopular opinions and things. Opinions. But then again, I mean, it, or not even opinions, most of the things are true that we've said. Um, it's, we kind of did yeah, say that, um, yeah. the only way Sergio Perez is going to get hired is if, um, whatever, Lance Stroll. What did we say about that? Oh, no. Oh, no. Right. The chandelier. <laughs> Past me. What was I thinking when I said that? <laughs> Anyways, I think it's time for a quick ad break. Uh, I know to win a podcast before we get into some of the older lap record setters. And yeah, we are back. Uh, Rob noticed that it turns out we do have a review or a comment or whatever. Um, let's see what that is. I'm actually quite excited to see it. Uh, I didn't know that you could have reviews on a podcast. Rashab, can you see it? I cannot see it. I'm going to look for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Oh, I found it. Here we go. All right. Get listen. Listen to this, people. I found the podcast a nice listen and enjoyable. Uh, not very much punctuation. But it came about last Tuesday, and it was written by Podcast Guy. Whoever you are, Podcast Guy, thank you for that five-star rating. Uh, We have three ratings right now, all five stars. I do have to really, really, not only just appreciate that, but it's quite brilliant, quite a good record we have to going there. Uh, I have to say, I'm quite happy about that. Uh, I'm not going to gloat or anything that my podcast is only five stars, but... Our podcast is only five stars. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> crazy. Uh, anyways, we need to talk about the Mercedes W11 and its records that it's setting. It has, as Rashad uh, will tell you in just a second, a crazy fast engine. And that may be contributing to a lot of its track records. Rashad, what sort of engine does it have? A turbo, um, okay, so it's a V6 turbo hybrid, I mean, not unlike your Prius, or a Clarity. A Clarity? What's a Clarity? A Honda version of a Prius. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a Prius, it's, it has about a 1,100 horsepower. Pretty bonkers. Uh, Yeah, yeah, same engine. Um... (laughs) And that is quite good for top speed. It gets about uh, 360 kilometers an hour in tracks like Monza, uh, which is unbelievable when you think about it. That's really fast for a car with that much downforce. Uh, Also, something that makes it faster than some of the older F1 cars, you know, 2010 and back. Uh, None of those cars had DRS, so they all had to take in, uh, you know, straightaways and they would have to, you know, make trade-offs with their downforce. Now F1 cars can, you know, set themselves up or have themselves set up for uh, 
either qualifying or the race. So if you have a qualifying setup, it will be able to break track records like the Mercedes W11 has done by having more downforce than necessary in the race, but you can use DRS, which is a pretty big advantage. But... Um, anyways, it also, though, the big drawback with these current cars is they are massive, absolutely massive, 740 kilograms massive. I mean, they're, they're beyond thick. They're just huge. And American. Wait, are they heavier than the Indy cars? I don't know. Not American cars, but American weight things. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what that is in pounds. Okay, it's a good question. Um, but yeah, so they're quite big, and they have Pirelli tires. Which, although we rant on them a lot, and they're really bad for distances, over one lap pace, they're not too shabby. They could be better, uh, a lot better. But the fact is, they're some of the stickier tires we've seen in F one's history. Sticky so you tires. slop all that. <laughs> You slop all that together, and you get a pretty fast car, and that's good for breaking track records, as you mentioned, um, and race lap records. Good for breaking records. I know. I doubt. I, yeah, I never thought that could happen. Um, but the really interesting thing is, if you slapped those Pirelli tires in DRS on any F1 car from like 2004 to 2010, you would be able to beat the current track records. Which, I mean, pick your time to have the DRS and that sort of thing. Why couldn't we have had that years ago? That would have been brilliant. Imagine the Ferrari F2004 with DRS. That would be insane. Like, all that downforce, and then you just hit a button and it goes all the way for big straightaways. That would be so brilliant. Yes! An actually competitive Honda RC100. I would love that. I mean, if only that thing raced, that was absolutely beautiful. Um, at this point, when I learned this sort of thing, I was not only disappointed in the Mercedes W11, because I thought, oh, it isn't that good of a car, um, unlike what many people were saying, but also, it's just, it sort of downplays what the Mercedes engineers have done, which you don't want to do, but then again, I mean, if they've done it on all these other eras, then clearly it's doable now, and that's how they're getting all these crazy track records. I've said track record too many times. It's time to move on to a different topic. Rashab, on my desk with me right now are my 1 to 18 scale Formula 1 car models. You have an addiction. Which, I do have an addiction. Um, it, it's interesting, and so much so that I, I've actually bought another one. Oh, which one? Uh, Mercedes W11. Okay. Uh, nasty hypocrite that I am, I've actually decided to buy one from the Styrian Grand Prix. Um, but I, I do like it. In the value of that thing, uh, I'm excited to watch that rise. As well as that, I'm also looking at a Kimi Raikkonen Mercedes, or not Mercedes, Lotus E20. Keeping my eye on that thing. Um, watching the prices fluctuate. Or... Uh, no, 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 I buy mini champs. Uh, what are you looking at in terms of model cars? For for those who don't know, it's like F1 models, and uh, they're one eighteenth of the size of an actual F1 car, which is the most desirable scale for model cars. If you didn't know, uh, but now you know. 
Rashad, what are you looking at for model cars? The FIA ones. I mean, don't. I mean, are they good? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I've never seen one in real life. Oh, <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. You know what's so strange is it turns out there's like there's not one paint color that is like standard for let's say the 2010 Red Bull. So if you have two different model makers, the paint will actually look different between them, which I think is so weird. If they're going for realism, then why isn't there one completely perfect paint color for the Red Bull RB6? Um, the reason I'm plugging the Red Bull RB6 is because I have the Red Bull RB6. So wait, why are you... Why, why the RB6, though? Well, it's the fastest F1 car of all time, tires and DRS corrected. And why are you ranting about the color? I'm not ranting about the color. I'm simply saying that it'd be great if the model companies could decide that, oh, yes, as it turns out, they're actually all the same color. Which, last time I checked, the Red Bull RB6 was the same color in most settings, except for maybe the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix where it had lights shining on it. Actually, now that I'm saying that, I sound like a nasty hypocrite because it turns out I do have the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix version of the car. Um, anyways, moving on, um, oversight there, (laughs) anyways, um, it's really weird to talk about, because, like, this time last year, I was looking at other people's collections, they're absolutely massive, and now that I see it, now I have four cars, that's insanity, and I've accumulated them quickly, it's absolutely, well, right, yeah, I have other models as well, some Porsches, if only they were all 1 to 18 scale, that would be nice. I'll go 1 to 40 scale. Are you looking at anything? Wait, uh, yeah, I do have some 1 to 40 scale. What are you looking at right now for model cars? I've also been looking at some 1 to 36, uh, Porsches. Oh, that's actually a good scale. I like that one. Uh, it's bigger than GT2 1 to RS. 8. Or... GT2 RS? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen an F1 car in that scale, but I would not be opposed to it. I like 1 to 36. And for those who don't know, and for those of you who can't do math, that's half the size of a model that is 1 to 18 scale. Because 18 times 2 is 36. Math! Anyways, yeah, I know. Who would have thought of that? Uh, Another one that I'm going to keep my eyes on is the Red Bull RB9. I do like that car a lot, and depending on the price, and if it goes down enough, I may buy it. Although, then again, I've said that about so many cars, including a Toyota TS150, uh, Fernando Alonso's Indy car. I've said it about every single race-winning car there is. Okay. I mean, it's not hypocritical, but it's crazy. Is that it? Is that what we can talk about today? I think it might be. It's going to be like a two-hour Alrighty, and that... Yeah, we might make it a two-hour podcast. It turns out I don't think there are clubs this week either, so we might have to make an end-of-week podcast. You know, if the driver market shakes up, you can maybe expect that from us. Uh, but I think that is it. Uh, have a great rest of your week, people. We may be talking to you again. We may not be. Hey, you. Yes, you. Well, guess what? The podcast isn't over yet. Had a little bit of extra time. So listen to this next segment. 
Okay, so you get a little bit of extra content. Um, sorry that I had to end it a little bit early. Rashab did have to leave, but I do have a little bit of extra time. Uh, so I am here, your other host, Jack, and this is a continuation of the podcast, sort of a PS. Uh, don't go anywhere. It is time for a little bit more of Technically F1. This is really exciting. This is great. Yay. Anyways, uh, something to mention, first of all, uh, might be a little bit confusing, is why are Shab and I and many other people so interested in models of cars, you know, in these many scales and that sort of thing? Mainly, it's because we actually can't afford Formula One cars, and it's great to have miniature versions of them to look at. And if you like designing cars, like myself, it's great because you have these miniature versions, which have all sorts of technical bits, uh, which, you know, you can sort of see how they work and design them for your own car. It's brilliant, as it turns out. You wouldn't imagine it, but it's quite nice. At first, I didn't really understand the value of having one, but then... I got one, and as Rashab said, I'm pretty much addicted at this point. Um, I'm joking, and I'm also not joking. It's a bit of a problem. Uh, anyways, so there's a couple of things to note when purchasing them, uh, as it turns out. And uh, another reason why I'm talking about it now is because people are saying that you need to buy your Christmas gifts for yourself and for others in November now. Which is great, and it's also incredibly inconvenient. So here are some tips for buying 1 to 18 or other scale model Formula 1 cars. Now, your first tip, which is going to be an important one to remember, is that they will fluctuate in value. So if you're planning to resell it for more money than you bought it, uh, you either are going to have to hold on to it for a long time and wait for the value to rise, or strategically buy one, that is going to raise in value because it's extremely limited. Personally, I'm not really interested in reselling mine, um, but more recently I've been looking at models that do have an interesting resale value or ones that are cheap now but will be gaining in value later. For instance, recently over the summer I bought a McLaren MP4-22, uh, which is from 2007, and it is, the model itself is actually from 2007, so it's a bit rare. And although they're selling on eBay for prices that are below uh, what you can, or what you'd hope for, uh, in a few years' time, if I did want to resell it, it would be worth more money. Then again, uh, this is not completely concrete at the moment. You know, these prices fluctuate, and I could lose money. But then again, I didn't really buy this um, to resell it, as I said before. Uh, another thing to remember is that you really should like looking at the car that you've bought. The first one I ever got uh, was a Red Bull RB6, and I got it because A, it was notable technically, but B, I really liked the way the car looked. And that is, it's a great one that I have. like the way it looks, I like the proportions, it's just a brilliant model car to have. It's pretty perfect, and I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I genuinely love it. So it's it's definitely something great that I have, and I'm extremely excited that I do have it. Um, it's also interesting to remember that, you know, if you're buying a model car and it's from a certain year, or it says 1998 McLaren MP4-whatever you want to call it, we'll just use that as an example, it may not actually be from 1998, because model cars at times get remade. So, for instance, I have a 1999 
McLaren MP4-14. But, and here's the key word, or the key phrases about it, it is not from 1998. I don't even know if the model company I use, uh, Minichamps, actually makes, like, this McLaren in 1998. I know they existed in 1998. I don't even think they made this car in 1998. Uh, but it's interesting because it was part of a special collection called the World Champions Collection, uh, which was a recent, like, 2018 remake of the car. Uh, and it's notable because, as in the name of the collection, uh, Mika Hakkinen actually won that World Championship. So, you know, they put it in that collection, because why not? It's a World Championship winning car. Um, but the team didn't win the World Championship that year, so that is why it's in that collection. Um, but that is not, clearly, as I've just explained, uh, from the year 1999. So, it's, it's important not to get scammed on the year of things, or just assume that it's from the year that it is. Uh, for instance, we'll use another McLaren, because I just love to use McLarens as examples. The McLaren MP4-20, 2005, they actually never made more of those after 2005, and the 1 to 18 scale versions of them are super rare. And I was looking at them out of interest a couple of days ago. Uh, there's, you can't find a single one that's below, like, $250, which is okay, I mean, if you're interested in, you know, keeping it and reselling it. But for me, I'm more of a casual collector, so it's not really gonna fit the bill, but... Who knows? Maybe in a little bit. It's really, really, really interesting, though, because they never made another one after 2005. Mainly because it didn't win a world championship. It was within a whisker, but it actually didn't win. So it's, it's valuable, and that's undoubtable, but it's incredibly hard to get your hands on. And that is sort of the reason why it is valuable. And why I haven't really been able to get my hands on it. <laughs> Self-explanatory, I guess. Um, and finally, you have an important thing to remember. Is that these cars, although they're, they, they take up space, essentially. And I, when I purchased, as I mentioned in the previous part or portion of the podcast, that I was, had already purchased, pre-ordered, the Mercedes W11. I didn't realize how big the Mercedes W11 is. Now, of course, I haven't received it, but I've looked it up. In real life, that car is absolutely massive, super wide, and even longer than my longest car I have. So it's, uh, in real life, about 2,000 millimeters wide, um, but it is incredibly long. And my widest car that I have is 2,000 millimeters wide, but I don't know how long it is in comparison. And I didn't really think about that, nor did I really think about it when I realized that the place that I was putting these, I mean, it, it can't really fit more than five logically. So at some point, I may need to buy a display case, which suddenly becomes more of an investment than you're ready for, maybe. And it goes from, you know, reselling them and keeping them all in the boxes to owning them and displaying them. And it's sort of a completely different thing. So if you're buying a lot at once, which unless you're, you know, keeping them, wouldn't really recommend, uh, then be ready that they do take up space. And the more modern they are, as it turns out, the more space they take up for a number of reasons. Technically, it's quite interesting because, you know, after 2009, they had to have a full race fuel tank, not a fuel tank that could be refilled midway through the race, uh, which meant that in 2010, the cars got significantly longer. 
And then, once, you know, these turbo-hybrid engines came in for 2014, they got even longer, because those engines are massive, super long, and the fuel allowance got bigger, so the tank had to get bigger, and just the cars got bigger in general. But, you know, if you put the 1999 car I have right on my desk next to my 2017 Williams, the size difference is staggering. The Williams looks almost like a Formula 2 car, and the, or not, excuse me, the Williams, the McLaren looks almost like a Formula 2 car, and the McLaren looks, not the McLaren, oh, for heaven's sakes, the, uh, not the McLaren, the Williams looks stupidly big. So, scale, although it's the same scale, it's, there's definitely a size difference, and it's important to note when purchasing them, but in the end, if you're passionate enough about them, and you are interested in them, I would recommend scale models, they're great, I do vouch for them quite a lot, I'm not sponsored as it turns out by many champs, I just enjoy their models more than other companies, so uh, I can't actually tell you to go look at their website, because I assume there'd be some legal problems with that, but if you want to, you can look at their website, and if they ask you, you say that it was not recommended to you by a sponsorship, you say that a friend told you that. Because I am not sponsored by them. Thank you for that. Now, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, roll the end announcements. This is an O oh for Heaven's Sake Studio recording. Production copyright, I'm not quite sure of the day. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.